we would love it if you would send us in questions of the day. We get on here, we answer various different questions about various different topics, usually related to the Bible, hopefully related to the Bible. And uh, we would love it if you guys, if you had any burning questions on your mind about scripture or religion or whatever it may be, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text and uh, we'll answer it on air. Absolutely. All right, let's get into our text messages. We've got a bunch of them we need to read through. Climate change in the UK, subsidised heat, obviously their home insulation, is not the best. Mm. Don't know. Never looked in the, room, in the roof of a house in the UK. Uh, isn't the problem of climate change that the world is getting hotter? Mm. Oh. <laughs> Oops. Um, confusion. <laughs> Wish they would make up their minds. There you go. All right, uh, Jacob, Jacob Arminius, Protestant reformer and Calvin, once saved, always saved doctrine. Jacob was totally, totally biblically, totally correct biblically and theologically. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even agree on Jacobus Arminius in relationship to Romans 7. Now there's something controversial mm. for all those who know the controversy of the man of Romans 7. Go and see what Jacobus Arminius wrote about the man of Romans 7. I agree with him on that as well. Not many people do. Isn't the man of Romans 7 me? Yes. <laughs> it's all of us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let me see here. Where are we? That happens when... Uh, oh, the flip. The flip. The, the guy who flipped um, churches. That happens mm. when you look at the church or people instead of Jesus only. Mm. He doesn't realize that all the problems in his church are a gift of Jesuit education. Their motto is divide and conquer. They have done a grand job. They haven't finished yet. Don't think for a moment the Catholic Church is not divided. The Inquisition wasn't only for Protestants. <laughs> this is so true. Oh, wow. This is, this is, this is yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem between... Paul, ooh, let me see. Uh, the problem between Paul and Peter. Peter changed when the Jews came and separated himself from the Gentiles. I think that's in relationship to uh, some of the um, racial issues that we're seeing in our world today. Mm. World War One and World War Two. Religious in the sense that the Jesuits were behind it. We seem to have read the same books. Communism was a baby of the Catholic Jesuit agenda and $20 million were given to fuel the revolution. In Russia, the monarchy was slaughtered by the Jesuits and organised the revolution. The same happened during the French Revolution. The people were starved by the leaders. The leaders had reached their expired rate. Let us not forget that the wars are Satan's way to train people to hate God and out of it came communism, atheism, socialism and all the isms that follows and the whole world worshipped the beast. Consider how many countries have thrown out the Jesuits from their countries in history. But now they're back in force. I better stop now. Uh, we could go on for hours on this one. Well, you kind of saw the bunny, and I did. Yeah. Um, I think we ditched all of the songs, all of the ads, all of everything, and then had the news late. <laughs> um, it was a great conversation. You know, this would be an interesting conversation to have. Um, with you know a couple of our historians, maybe we should get Vani and say Eliza, who is our resident historian, um, and maybe uh, you know Rafi and myself um, one Saturday afternoon. Just, just throw me in the mix, and just, I'll be and the just, comic relief. Yes, and Lawson can be there to say silly comments about the Great Emu War <laughs> of 1932, um, and we could have a really interesting discussion. 
Um, and just continuing on here, the Jesuits use a thousand organizations to do their work, but it is still their work. So interesting comments right there. Uh, let me see here. What have we got here? Oh, somebody else says that belief in evolution is a religion. It's the religion of materialism. Mm. So this is interesting, throwing it back in uh, Sam Harrison and uh, Richard Dawkins' face and saying that, well, you're actually religious. Oh, wow. Your yeah. belief, in, your belief in, 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 and, and your religion is a bad religion because what you've got is that all religions at some particular point have been involved in warfare. It's just that some are better than others and some are worse than others. Mm. And the worst one that we've had is the religion of atheism. Mm. It's interesting. You reckon? Interesting. Oh, absolutely. 100, 100 million people? Yeah, totally. In the last 100 years? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Seriously, top yeah. that. Yeah. Top that. Totally. All right, we had another one here. Let me just find you. <laughs> By the way, I'm not out here supporting atheism, but I'm like, there's been some pretty bad religions throughout, you know, throughout history. Like, I just yes. I just finished the book of Deuteronomy and my Bible reading, I moved on to Joshua, and it's just talking about, like, you know, I start reading Joshua, and it's like, oh, and they came across these people, and they were pagans, and they did this, and then they killed them all. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you, start, you start, start doing some history on Assyrian religion, see where that takes you. Oh, yeah, wow. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're worried about uh, Protestantism or Catholicism or Islam or modern atheism, if you are worried about any of the isms in the last 120 years, try Assyrianism. Yeah, well. You know, and that's going to be just like 10 levels lower than anything that I have just mentioned right there. Yeah. Okay, so, um, oh, this one's about the end of digital, which premiered last night. Justin had an amazing oh, presentation epic. talking about the origins of. Halloween. Of course, this has a, we have a Halloween theory uh, um, uh, theme right the way through this particular series uh, because it is that time of year when lots of people are spending a lot of money on Halloween. And so that's what we're talking about. It is a spooky series. Mm. This is our spookiest spooky series. Spooky series in spooky season. That's that's it right there. And Justin didn't hold back. He got straight into it. Oh, that's awesome. But then he, uh, we had this message come through here. It says, uh, thank you for this country yesterday, tonight's introduction. I loved it. I'm all of the following. First, totally ignorant about the history of Halloween. That is until tonight's show. Frightened about what I believe in, which according to the Bible is all a lie. Intrigued about what the series will reveal and thus possibly educate me. Plus, I am extremely pleased that I somehow came to learn your series was going to begin tonight, so I immediately registered to watch. And I've got to add, I'm very much looking forward with anticipation to the next episode. Mm. And I'm a follower of your site. Dude, awesome. Yeah, praise the Lord. That was the end of digital last night. Uh, Of course, uh, head over there. Um, oh, we've got another one coming through here on the end.digital. I see the end. Amazing presentation. Just, that's all it says. Good job. Um, so uh, we're, we're back on again this evening, uh, mm. 8 o'clock in the evening. We have uh, short YouTube uh, length presentations. So they are designed to be punchy and hard-hitting and full of information that will just blow your mind. And, of course, we have some major features that we're going to have, a Q&A session we have coming up, uh, live Q&A um, this week and next week, along with the testimony, uh, personal testimony by a uh, former clairvoyant. 
Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, we catch little snippets of her testimony each night, but then on one night we're going to have an entire um, testimony being shared from that particular person who mm. gave her life to Jesus Christ and has had her life just radically transformed by the grace of God. Mm. Praise God. All right, where are we up to? Bible study time. Uh, yep. What was yesterday's Bible study all about? The book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy. What in the book of Deuteronomy did we talk, did we talk about? We talked about that time mm. where they did that thing. We, it, that's exactly what we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> hey, you have such a great memory, Lawson. We talked about that time when they did that thing uh, where God came and said, you shall love the Lord your God with yes, all your heart, with all your course. soul, we with all your mind. The, you know, the greatest commandments, how Absolutely. Jesus talked about it with the Jews, but how is it original idea from the Old Testament? Yes. Not a new commandment. all about. Mm. Okay. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so somebody else just texted through in relationship to the N.Digital to say, send it to all your friends. They need to know. Yeah. And and I would encourage you to do so. Um, Organise a watch party for this evening or get together at 8 o'clock. It's only going to run for 15 minutes. You can handle 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Just whatever you're doing, just put it on pause for 15 minutes and you can handle that. So do join us there on the N.Digital. Actually, if I just want to come in with a quick plug as well guys if you want to be a part of the first church gathering in newcastle this weekend come to the revelation of hope series starting friday night at warners bay church dr pastor kale DeWall will be preaching an amazing series so this is actually is conducted by um asoc adventist students on campus uh you know our, our group at the university as well as in conjunction with the newcastle uni church at Newcastle University Adventist Church and Warners Bay um, Adventist Church as well. If you are interested in, f- firstly, you know, getting out of the house for the first time in like months um, to go and hear an amazing presentation, well, then come along. And uh, secondly, yeah, just 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 come, just come, just come, hang out with us. Uh, head to uh, the Adventist Students on Campus Newcastle Facebook page, and you can register there. And- there you go, fantastic stuff. Mm. All right, head over to. Uh- Head over to Adventist Students on Campus, ASOC. ASOC, yeah, that's right. ASOC. Mm-hmm. And you can, get our, you can get our cookbook as well. You can, That Lawson wrote. That I wrote. <laughs> you can do all kinds of things. You don't even have to be an Adventist. You don't even have to be a student. Yeah, you don't even have right. to be in Newcastle, but you do have to travel to Newcastle. That's right. Or, yeah. Which you're kind of allowed to do right now if you exactly. are not in Sydney. Yeah, which is fantastic. Or yes. if you're in Newcastle, then you can come along too. Or we're, we're streaming it as well, so that's going to be great presentations too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to, seeing as we're studying the book of Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. let's go to the book of Revelation. Powerful. Oh, awesome. You knew I was going to say Revelation, didn't you? You knew I wasn't going to Not, say Deuteronomy. Well, that's what I, if there was one <laughs> thing I was sure of is that you weren't going to say Deuteronomy. Okay, so we're going to look at the everlasting gospel here, mm. Revelation chapter 14, and let's start in verse 6. Lawson used to know this one off by heart. It's everlasting gospel. Who I saw off another f- angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Okay, and verse 7, first couple of words. Um, 
Fear God, uh, before, saying with a loud saying voice. Saying with a loud voice. Stop right there before you say fear God. Saying with a loud voice. So the angel is flying in the midst of heaven. He has the everlasting gospel. Mm. Uh, he's going to preach it to every person on earth. He opens his mouth and he then says, so here comes the everlasting gospel. If you've ever wondered what the everlasting gospel is, this is the definition of it. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the, the heaven, the earth, the sea and all that is in it which is a complete contradiction of everything we studied from the Bible yesterday. <laughs> really? Isn't that so? Well, you know, God says that... You shall do- love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh-huh. And this verse says you shall do what to God? Fear him. Fear God. Mm-hmm. And then if we go over to the gospel, no, the letter of first letter of John, mm-hmm. you're going to find where the Bible says that perfect love casts out Fear. Is John confused? Is the Bible confused? Mm. Is Moses confused? Mm. Because Moses wrote the book of Deuteronomy. I mean, God did, but through Moses. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about Moses and John. Uh, they both say love God. Uh-huh. They both say fear God. Mm-hmm. And they don't seem to really have a problem with contradicting themselves. Hmm. This is this is an issue. It seems like it. So you know, let's think about fearing somebody. Are there people that you are afraid of? Have you ever walked through an Producer area? Shell. Oh, <laughs> 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 I plead the fifth. And I know I don't speak alone in the studio. I know you pleaded the fifth, but I'll just uh, you, you don't have to say anything, but I will just prescribe. <laughs> Uh, my fear right, on my, top of my right to remain silent on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but have you ever walked through a? Have you ever been in a stupid place at a stupid time? Oh, doing totally. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's stupid o'clock in the morning, and you're walking down a street with stupid people in it who are doing stupid things, uh, and you have experienced a certain level of fear. This is the. Mm. It's called the rules of stupid, right? Mm-hmm. You can get away with breaking one or two of the rules of stupid, but if you break more, then something bad will happen. Yeah. Ever had that experience? Yeah, totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've had that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, probably not I, – I, I like to think that, you know, I wasn't necessarily doing stupid things mm-hmm. because the rules of stupid are that you don't go to stupid places, you don't go with stupid people, you don't do stupid things and you don't do it at stupid times. Mm. And so I've been to stupid places, King's Cross, at stupid times, early hours of a Saturday morning, uh, but I wasn't with stupid people and I wasn't doing stupid things. We are running a soup kitchen for homeless people in the cross. That's powerful. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I was kind of five out of ten. Mm. But... Even still, you walk down some of those back alleys, there's not a very wise thing to do in a place that has a bit of a reputation for violence. Mm. There have been places in the world where I've gone, other countries in the world where I've gone, where I've been out at odd hours, Mm. you know, sleeping on a train station in Peru. Oh, wow. And thinking to myself, this wasn't the smartest choice. 
<laughs> out of my life choices, maybe I would have been better off to have forked out some extra money right now mm. um, rather than being tight. And, you know, you suddenly become hyper aware. Yeah. Okay. If you then throw love into that equation, right, mm. so you've got fear. We all understand fear of people, but let's say that we throw love into it because it's, the issue there is people. Mm. I've never been afraid in the bush. I've never been afraid of four-legged creatures. I have been afraid of no-legged creatures. Snakes. Yes. But I've never been afraid of four-legged creatures ever in my life. I lay down in a bush and sleep anywhere peacefully. There's nothing. Four-legged creatures are not the ones that you need to worry about. It's the two-legged ones that will cut your throat. Uh, like humans? Like humans. <laughs> yeah. I, I worry much or more about two-legged emus. creatures. Or emus. That's <laughs> <laughs> not good. I had to go to emus again. Yeah. But if you are amongst two-legged creatures that love you, mm. have you been to our place for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yes, Multiple of course you times. Have. Multiple times. Okay. Do you feel fear when you, come to, when you go to Thanksgiving at the South Wales? No. No. Why? Because, well, I feel extreme um, competitiveness. Yes. Because I want to win in croquet. Yes. And I feel extreme... Um, bloatedness. Bloatedness, yeah. <laughs> From having overeaten. Yeah. Bloated competitiveness, yes. <laughs> okay. But you don't feel fear. That's right. Because there's love. Mm. You've been invited there by people who love you and want you to be there. When you hang out with your family at Christmas time, do you feel fear? No. No, because you're amongst people that love you and that care for you. Mm. So perfect love casts out fear. Mm. And if you were in that dodgy back alley somewhere in Awasa in Ethiopia at the wee hours of the morning, but everybody on the street was people from the church that you were ministering to, would you feel fear? No. No, not at all. Yeah. Because perfect love Casts out fear. Mm. So the Bible says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Mm. That's perfect love. Yes. Why does the Bible say? And then, and then the Bible goes on and says, and God is love. That's his very essence is that God is love. So why does the Bible say? that we should fear God. Yeah, so the, the question is then, like, in a, in a mutual relationship of love, why is, why is fear existing? Yes, why, does it, why, why is it there? Well, I'm just opening my phone and I'm looking up mm-hmm. the definition of the word fear. Oh, okay. Because... That's interesting. Um, okay, so we have here some different... Um, some different... Oh, here we go. So the main definition of fear that we've got here is an unpleasant emotion caused by a threat of danger, pain, or harm. Um, but the archaic translation of a fear is a mixed feeling of reverence, the love and fear of God. Oh, reverence. Mm. Okay, so now we've given a different different definition to fear that throws a different light on what we are talking about in this passage. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Fantastic stuff. All right. Text message right here. I totally agree with you. I had, when I had a bush property and went there alone to build the house, my only fear was the two-legged type. But I always felt my guardian angel next to me. 
Oh, powerful. Absolutely. Mm. All right. God's love casts out all fear. So we just read that the archaic definition of the word fear is reverence. Mm. So if we read our Bible and it uses the word fear and we replace the word fear with reverence, then we have a modern translation of what the actual archaic word was. Perfect love casts out all reverence? By context. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In context. When the Bible says... Uh, fear God and give glory to Him. Mm. Reverence God and give glory to Him. Why do you think? Why do you think it's important that the Bible says to reverence God? Because He's God. Like I know that's that's a. You might, it's like that's not an answer. No, it's it's really it's almost that obvious. Yes. Like the fact is that- there a different is there a different way? Do you love your parents in a different way? Do you do you interact with your parents in a different way? Because obviously you love your parents uh, in a different way. Then, do you interact with them in a different way than what you interact with your sisters? Mm, yeah, yes and no. I don't know. I'm like pretty tight-knit with my family. Yes. And so it's kind of like we're just all friends and it's cool. But you could take it then like another step. Like, uh, for example, you know, my my grandparents who I see not very often. Mm-hmm. I, I really love my grandparents. I think they're amazing people, but they live down in Victoria and I don't get down there very often and, you know, life's busy. All right, let me let me take it another st- – sorry, I butted in. Keep going. That's fine. No, but it's just like I was just, I was just thinking like, you know, I don't see my grandparents very often when I spend time with them. It's like, yes, I'm, I'm friendly to them and everything, but it's definitely a, a different type of interaction than with my closer family um, because I, I, I love them. But then it's like, hey, there's this this level of of heightened, I think, yeah, just respect and, and courtesy that I show to them compared to the rest of my family because we're just like tight and make fun of each other all the time. And then you've got your church members. Yeah, for sure. Which is a different level again and it's a different mm. relationship. Mm. And so I guess this is the point that I'm trying to make is that when we have people who are very close to us, they become part of our social network. They become part of our group. They become, uh, you know, you and I, for instance, we'll get on here and um, on, on the radio and throw garbage at each other from time <laughs> to time and give each other a hard time. Would you do the same? Would you interact the same way if Jesus was sitting here? Oof. Uh Probably not. Probably not. I definitely wouldn't. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I would not interact the same way if Jesus was sitting there. And the reason is this. is not that I don't love Lawson and it's not that I don't love Jesus. I love both of you guys, but Jesus is the ruler and creator of the universe and I don't think we should ever forget that. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that God is telling us right here because he comes to the Israelites and he says, you know, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and God is love, mm-hmm. and I am love. It's all about love. But at the same time, it's important that we don't forget who God is and treat God like one of the fellas mm. because he is not one of the fellas. He is the ruler and creator of the universe. Mm. And we should reverence God in a different way than what we should just you know, with our mates they were hanging out with. Yeah, I think that's really interesting what you said, like, about me and you. It's like, oh, we come in here, we throw garbage at each other. What garbage could we throw at God that's, like, just complete, that that is even close to the truth? You know, it would honestly, it'd just be insulting and it'd just be lying because it's just not true. 
and really weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it would make for the most awkward radio ever. Yeah, like it's God really just is perfect. Like yes, and and it's like again because because he's perfect and because he loves us perfectly. You know, there's I feel like as as though it's not that God isn't our friend. But there's just no sense in which we could, yeah, mess around with God and make fun of him because it's almost like that's just, it's just disrespectful because of who God is and what he's done for us. Mm. Indeed it is, very much so. Okay, so if we go to um, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 2. Let's head over there. Let's see what the Bible has to say. We're going to look at a couple of passages. We looked at Revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday we looked at um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind from the book of Deuteronomy. Now let's read this one from the book of Deuteronomy 6 to verse 2. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 2, the Bible says, And you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Okay, so the Bible here talks about fearing God. It talks about reverencing God. Mm. Go to chapter 10 and verse 12. Let's go to 10 and verse 12. Do you think think there's a bit of a temptation in modern Christianity, particularly amongst the really hip pastors, to treat God like one of the fellows? Yes, and it makes me really uncomfortable. It's a bit cringy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Particularly when you get the old guys who try to be hip and try too hard. Yeah. Secondarily, like, you know, I, I think as well, like, yeah, it's it's also like um, not respecting you know the institution of the church and and just things like uh-huh. that that really gets to me because it's like man these are things that God have God has set up yes. and it's not that churches don't have problems and you know we're very ready on Faith FM to to talk about the problems of the church you know and I know that you've said many times it's, sometimes it's hard to call yourself Christian because of the terrible things that happen in the church but then just disrespecting the church as a member of the church there's a di- there's a difference between you know, seeing issues and then just being disrespectful. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, sometimes the way that people treat, talk about God or his church or whatever, it definitely makes me uncomfortable. And I think that more reverence is needed. But uh, let's have a read of this verse 10 and verse 12 in the book of Deuteronomy. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in the way that pleases him and love and serve him with all your heart and soul. Okay, so that verse seems to be a complete contradiction in and of itself. Yeah. Because it says, first of all, that you fear God and love him. Mm. How do you fear and love at the same time? Well, the answer is very simple in what you said earlier in that definition that you just got off your phone. Yeah, that was on Google. It's on Google, the Google definition. Yeah. Go Dr. Google once again, <laughs> um, coming out with the definition, which means reverence. Mm. Reverence God and love him. Mm. We can do those two things to be together. We can't be scared of God and love him, but we can reverence God and love him. That's right. And that's what's important. Um, somebody takes us through to say, in the presence of God, silence is perfect or golden. Mm. And you sort of see that in the experience of Elijah when you know he's out in the wilderness in the cave and he hears the still small voice and he just sort of goes out and covers his face and he's like, i got nothing to say. Yeah. Oh, dude, there's so many Bible stories, like this, the the um, the story of Isaiah, like how yes. he's he's proclaiming against the people, you are so wicked and wretched and terrible, and then he gets taken to heaven and he's like, woe is me. Yeah, like, that's uh, right. I've got nothing to say. <laughs> or Moses himself, like imagine him standing in front of the burning bush. Uh-huh. You think he was like, oh, hey, God, what's up? No, man, like he was 
he was on his face. Like he was yes. freaking out. Absolutely taking his shoes off, standing on holy ground. Mm. All right, so reverence is as important as is love for God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, our question of the day. What is our question of the day today? What happens to the dead when we pray about them? Would our prayers about them change anything regarding their salvation? No. That's the answer. Oh, well, uh, this is the Clark family within God's perfect time. (laughs) Nah. Let me just say a little bit more about this, and let me say with with compassion, and that is our our opportunity for salvation is while we're alive. Um, The Bible says... um, that today is the day of salvation. Paul says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day when we make a decision for or against salvation. Salvation is a is something that only we can make a decision for. Nobody can make that decision on our behalf. And so you cannot make that decision on behalf of a family member. They need to make, because God won't force anyone to go into heaven against their will. And so this is a this is a, a person's personal decision that they make between them and God. And so I know that there are some churches that do make a lot of money by charging a lot of money to say prayers for people after they have died. And according to the Bible, that's a scam. And it's a really terrible scam because it's basically making money out of people's grief and making money out of people's fear. Uh, the Bible says that we should pray for people while they are alive. And once a person has died, their probation is sealed, whether they are saved or lost. Now, we are never in a situation to uh, to know whether they are saved or lost. Sometimes we can suspect they are. I mean, you're never going to go to a funeral and say, well, this person's on their way to hellfire. Um, regardless of you know what the person taking the funeral may or may not suspect. Uh, but and and that's yeah you know, probably appropriate that we never go down that path. We don't want to say those kinds of things at a funeral, but we can only have an impact on somebody while they are alive. Our prayers can only have an impact on that person while they are alive. The Bible says, and if we turn our Bibles over to, let me just go over to Ecclesiastes here, and probably the most black and white language. It says, the living know that they will die, but the dead know, no, know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. Neither have they any more a portion forever in anything that is done under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you are going. The Bible says the dead know nothing. They have no emotions and they are not doing anything. Jesus said that the dead are asleep in the graves waiting until the resurrection. And as a result of that, our prayers can't have an effect on somebody who is dead. Our prayers can only have an effect on somebody who is alive. Your prayers can't have an effect on somebody who is not conscious and cannot make a conscious decision for Christ. You can't pray a lost person into heaven after they have died because God won't force them to be there in favor of your will and against their will. 
And so we need to pray for people while they're alive. We need to uh, minister to people while they're alive. Once they're dead, it's too late. So we have our opportunity right now. Let's make the most of that opportunity uh, right now while we have that opportunity. Let's not get caught out into these uh, church scams where they go and charge lots of money and cash in in on people's, you know, effectively just cash in on people's grief uh, so that when a person has, you know, died, they can just you know charge a lot for the funeral and then charge a lot for the prayers that are said after the funeral no that's not that's not the model that god gave to us thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM